Hi, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the January 18th edition of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 74 to 79 of the Catechism. Article 2. The Transmission of Divine Revelation. 74. God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, that is of Jesus Christ. Christ must be proclaimed to all nations and individuals, so that this revelation may reach to the ends of the earth. God graciously arranged that the things he had once revealed for the salvation of all peoples should remain in their entirety throughout the ages and be transmitted to all generations. 1. The Apostolic Tradition 75. Christ the Lord, in whom the entire revelation of the Most High God is summed up, commanded the apostles to preach the gospel which had been promised beforehand by the prophets and which he fulfilled in his own person and promulgated with his own lips. In preaching the gospel, they were to communicate the gifts of God to all men. The gospel was to be the source of all saving truth and moral discipline. In the apostolic preaching, number 76, in keeping with the Lord's command, the gospel was handed on in two ways. Orally, by the apostles who handed on, by the spoken word of their preaching, by the example they gave, by the institutions they established, what they themselves had received, whether from the lips of Christ, from his way of life and his works, or whether they had learned it at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. In writing, by those apostles and other men associated with the apostles, who, under the inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, committed the message of salvation to writing. Continued in apostolic succession, 77. In order that the full and living gospel might always be preserved in the church, the apostles left bishops as their successors. They gave them their own position, position of teaching authority. Indeed, the apostolic preaching, which is expressed in a special way in the inspired books, was to be preserved in a continuous line of succession until the end of time. 78. This living transmission, accomplished in the Holy Spirit, is called tradition. Since it is distinct from sacred scripture, though closely connected to it, through tradition, the Church, in her doctrine, life and worship, perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is, all that she believes. The sayings of the Holy Fathers are a witness to the life-giving presence of this tradition, showing how its riches are poured out in the practice and life of the Church, in her belief and in her prayer. 79. The Father's self-communication, made through his word in the Holy Spirit, remains present and active in the Church. God, who spoke in the past, continues to converse with the spouse of his beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit, through whom the living voice of the Gospel rings out in the Church, and through her word, and through her in the world, leads believers to the full truth and makes the word of Christ dwell in them 
in all its richness. So this is the section for today. We're beginning to look at how uh, we have revelation, where God has given us his revelation. And I suppose this again would be one of the areas where the Catholic Church would differ from the Protestant conception. The Protestant conception, going back to Martin Luther and the first reformers of Protestantism, um, were basing on a principle of sola scriptura, scripture alone. That this was their catchphrase, that revelation is contained only in the Bible. Whereas the Catholic vision is a different vision. It is a vision whereby, yes, scripture is of the highest importance. Yes, the Bible is extremely important, but it is not unique. It is a manifestation of this revelation. It is a manifestation of the church's tradition. This um, dogma, this teaching of the church is contained in the scripture, but it is only one place where it's contained. It's also contained in the tradition. So we have two sources, scripture and tradition, orally and in writing. And in this, for the Catholic Church, the apostles play a very important part because it's true the church was founded well before the New Testament was written, that Jesus didn't write the New Testament. The New Testament was written afterwards by the apostles and their helpers, and the church was formed before the New Testament was written, before the Gospels were written down, before Paul had written his letters, before St. John had written the book of Revelation, before the New Testament writings were written and compiled, the church already existed, and as an example of her tradition, a privileged example, a special example, a precious example, we have the New Testament. But even the New Testament and scripture as a whole has to be interpreted within this tradition. We'll see it later on when we're looking at how scripture um, is to be interpreted in the church. But here just outline the special place that the bishops play, that our church is an apostolic church. It is a church based on the apostles and the bishops are the successors of the apostles. And one of the main functions of the bishops is to teach. Yes, to govern. Yes, to sanctify. But also, especially to teach. That they have the role. They have the cathedra. They have the chair, which was the place where the master taught in antiquity. So each bishop has his cathedra, has his cathedral, from which he teaches. And uh, the catechism, again, is something that is being offered, we saw before, especially to bishops and then also to the rest of us, so we can participate a little bit in this teaching office, so that we can, in communion with our bishops, teach and know the Catholic faith. So tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we'll be looking at numbers 80 to 83. God bless.